If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Hello, and welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner doctorate nurse practitioner and fertility coach and today we're going to talk about AMH levels. So if you have ever had low AMH levels or just questioning those in general, this episode's for you or if you simply want to just learn more about AMH levels, what it is, what exactly it means for your fertility, can you really do anything to improve them, then listen up. Today's episode is for you. Before we get started, I want to point you to today's show notes where I have included a free download for you. I have included my fertility lab chart where I have your top most common fertility labs and what normal values actually are. So make sure you download that. It's a great handy tool to have with you during your fertility journey to better track your lab levels and have an open discussion with your healthcare provider about them. So... Have you been told your AMH levels are low or borderline low? Let's begin and take a look at what is AMH, okay? So what is this magical lab that we hear about so often during our fertility journey? So AMH is produced by the small follicles inside your ovaries. So it's actually a substance produced by a big word, ready for it, granulosa cells, inside your ovarian follicles. And this lab can be drawn at any stage of your cycle. So there are specific ones that we know are day three, uh, so on and so forth, that have to be done on particular days of your cycle. But this level remains fairly consistent throughout and therefore can be drawn at any time. So let's also clear something up right at the beginning. When you hear ovarian reserve, This is different, okay? So ovarian reserve is done with multiple labs and it measures both quantity and quality, okay? Where AMH just indicates quantity, okay? So amount. So let's look at a fun fact about our ovaries and eggs. So when you're inside your mother, if you are a female, when she was pregnant with you between 16 and 20 weeks, the ovaries of a female fetus contain six to seven million oocytes. Mind-blowing, right? And when you're born at birth, one to two million are present. That's still a lot though, right? None are developed after birth, so the development of more is done. And at puberty, you are left with about 300,000. 
only a small percentage of these actually mature into eggs. So we know approximately 400 eggs are actually released during your reproductive life and usually one during each menstrual cycle. So there's some fun little facts about your reproductive system as a female. So what exactly does this AMH lab value mean and how does it help us with your reproductive cycle? So this lab value, AMH, evaluates how many eggs remain in your ovary, okay? How many? This number does not tell us about the quality or anything really further about your eggs. When looking at the quality, that mostly depends on your age and multiple other factors. We also know that women with PCOS tend to have elevated AMH levels when compared to others. There's been some studies on this. One study in particular found that AMH levels in those with PCOS can be two to three times the normal amount. So it's actually elevated and that should be a flag or an indication to further look into PCOS and infertility as a diagnosis. So this means that you have plenty of follicles, but many of those follicles are actually cysts and there's no egg inside of them. So this could be a whole topic on itself alone with PCOS patients, but just something to be aware of. So I get asked often, does this lab value predict your chance of conceiving? No, it does not provide a guide or a time frame or a, a magical prediction and for which you have for a timeline for conceiving. However, we know if you have a low AMH, we should have you working with a reproductive endocrinologist to help determine what plan is best for you moving forward. We know these values can vary month to month. There's a lot that kind of goes into them. So if we catch a low one, we need to get you into a reproductive endocrinologist to develop a better plan of care for you to build your family moving forward. All right, the big controversial question, can you do anything to improve them? I'm going to talk about both sides of this discussion, okay? So don't come at me if you don't agree with any of it. This is just general tips to have a discussion with your healthcare provider about or look into further as a patient advocate for yourself. So we do know right off the bat, okay, smoking. Do not smoke, stop smoking, vaping, all of the things because we know that this can decrease your levels. We have found there are some studies out there with direct correlation between vitamin D levels being adequate and AMH levels. Um, one study has looked at weight loss and obesity in those that have abnormal AMH levels and with an overall improvement in lifestyle, okay, overall lifestyle that includes weight reduction, we saw an improvement with overall reproductive function including AMH levels. Studies have also found some correlation with DHEA supplementation. However, pause, take it out of your Amazon cart. We need to know what your DHEA levels are before you go on this supplement. This is not a supplement that you should be on unless you know that it's needed. It has some side effects. It can mess with other hormones. However, we do know you definitely need it if you know that your levels are low. One thing I do with my patients a lot lately is the Dutch hormone test. It's a great way to determine not only your DHEA level, but so many more. It tests over 60 different levels. I've done it myself as a patient with my provider. I cannot say enough good things about it. Another good resource if you would like to go further into this is the book, It Starts With an Egg. 
I know many of you have probably read this and there's some things that we could go back and forth with on that book. However, if you're just curious or looking for a resource, it is one you could consider. So in conclusion, AMH levels are a piece of your puzzle, not the entire answer, okay? So they're a piece of the puzzle. Knowing your lab values is a powerful tool for you and your fertility health. And the neat thing is nowadays you can do home tests and they're fairly cheap through companies such as Modern Fertility, Everlywell, and I've linked them in today's show notes if you wanna look more into that. You can never be too empowered by your healthcare, especially your reproductive healthcare. And I'm always open for discussion on this. You can head over to my social media accounts drop me a DM, message me at all times, and let's chat. Don't forget to download your freebie in today's show notes on common fertility lab levels and what is normal. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hopeful Hints. I'll see you next Tuesday for Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.